Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. Morning, everybody. Like, I suddenly feel really sick, and I don't know why. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens this morning. I feel like there's something, uh, I don't know, suddenly brewing. Maybe I'm a bit shaky, I don't know. Right, okay, let's begin. We are continuing our Mountaineering with Moses series. So, we're building on, on our base camp, our theme for the year, and we're doing our mini series on Mountaineering with Moses. Um, so today's title is in Exodus 4 and it's called When You Cross a Border. So I was just kind of thinking the, um, the last, I don't know, like the last year with traveling, it's been pretty complicated for anyone who's been on holiday or been abroad. It's been a really tricky time to navigate. Um, so some countries you have to have an LFT a couple of days before you travel. Other countries require a PCR a week before and then a few days before. Some countries require absolutely nothing. Um, Our country requires different things and it changes all the time. So if you've been traveling, it's really complicated to work out what you need to do, when you need to do it, and what the different expectations are. But the fact is, you'll have COVID or not have COVID you'll be exactly the same, it's just their requirements are a little bit different. And that's what today's talk is a little bit about. Sometimes things are acceptable in one place and they're not acceptable um, in another place. So we're going to join into Exodus 4 and kind of continue um, from there. So we're just kind of joining into the conversation between God and Moses. So let me just give a little summary about what's happened in the conversation so far. So God has appeared in a burning bush Um, And he's spoken to Moses and he's asked Moses to go to Egypt and to let the Israelites go. Okay, so he's sent him on a rescue. He's asking him and sending him on a rescue mission. Um, And in this conversation, there's this incredible burning bush and God's voice is there and he's telling Moses, I am the great I am. And he's, he's revealing who he is to Moses. And in this conversation, Moses says, I don't have... The ability, the ability to do this, God. I, I, I don't have the ability. And God says to him, I will give you, I will empower you, I'll give you the words, I'll give you everything you need. And then he says, I don't have the authority, God. I can't do this. And God says, I am the authority. Go, I will be with you. I, you have my power and my authority. And then he says, God, I don't have the... Um, um, so his uh, authority, his uh, ability, he, adoubt, he doubts his acceptance next. He said, God, I'm not accepted by the Egyptian people. Who am I to the Israelite people? And God tells him again, reassures him that he is with him. God then shows miraculous signs. So he turns his staff into a snake um, and he, he um, like makes his hand go really um, gross and then heals it. Um, so God gives him all these signs and wonders. And then we're going to, um, and even amongst all of that, just want to say Moses continues to say, I can't do it. So God says, fine, Aaron will do it, but you will tell him what to say. Um, so that's where, we're, that's where we're joining. So continuing this conversation between God and Moses. Let me just get it up. Okay, so we're in Exodus 4 verse 21. 
And the Lord told Moses, when you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to do. But I will harden his heart so he will refuse to let the people go. Then you will tell him, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. I command you, let my son go so he can worship me. But since you have refused, I will now kill your firstborn son. On the way to Egypt, at a place where Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. But Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She touched his feet with the foreskin and said, Now you are the bridegroom of blood to me. After that, the Lord left him alone. Hang on a minute. I think I might have like skipped over that bit previously where God says he wants to kill Moses. I don't really remember that being a verse that had kind of been in my mind before. And it's a bit confusing because... Moses had all these doubts. Moses had all of this time of, I can't do it, God. 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 And God was compassionate and God was reassuring and God was comforting and God was kind and God gave him everything that he needed to do, he needed to have to be able to do it. So now Moses is on his way to actually do the thing that God has asked him to do and now God is mad. I was a bit like, what? What on the earth? Did, what is that about? What does that mean? Um, so it's a bit confusing. Recently, I was um, on delivery suite um, where I work, not just because that's where I hang out. And um, <laughs> that would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? I was on delivery suite and we were looking after this family and this, and this couple were new, quite new to the UK. And during the course of caring for them whilst they were having their baby we kind of found out that their other very young children were at home by themselves and um and they had been left safe and secure in their home with the eldest one looking after the younger ones and um I had to kind of very kindly and carefully say to them this is that's not okay um, although you're not, they're not being deliberately neglectful. They didn't do anything that was that was wrong or or immediately harmful. That that might have been safe in the culture that you're from, but in this culture, that's not okay. That's not what we do. And actually, there could be some very negative consequences to that action. So I had to encourage the partner to go and make sure he was there, looking after their young children. Because sometimes what's acceptable and what's okay in one place isn't acceptable and isn't okay um, in another place. So um, Moses had been sent on this rescue mission. He was about to go and rescue the the Israelite people who had been enslaved in Egypt for a very long time. This rescue mission was definitely not going to be done in Moses' power. This rescue mission was was an act of God's will and was going to need God's authority and God's power in order for it to for it to come to fruition. Moses was going to be the leader. He was the person that God had appointed to do this, but it was going to be in God's power. But as Moses steps forward into this, as Moses steps into what God had asked him to do, God was furious. Why was God furious? Because Moses hadn't even bothered to prepare. Although this was all going to be on God, 
and it was going to be in God's power and it was God's will and it was God's authority, Moses hadn't prepared. God had reminded Moses earlier on in the conversation about, um, about Abraham and about the covenant between God and Abraham. And the covenant between God and Abraham was that Abraham was going to have descendants, descendants that were going to be a mighty nation and they were going to go and they were going to have the promised land. And all those descendants of Moses, in order to get in line with the, with the blessing and the benefits of that the covenant between God and Abraham, they, all the males were circumcised. And that the circumcision was the symbol of coming in alignment with God's, with the agreement between those two people. And Moses was going to go and he was going to lead those Israelite people. He was going to be the leader and lead them towards the promised land. And he hadn't even bothered to get his own household in line with that agreement. In line with that blessing and in line with that benefit, he hadn't even bothered How much do we know that when our leaders, when our politicians don't lead with integrity, how detestable it is? The media goes mad. We hate it when people don't lead with integrity. Hypocrisy is disgusting. And that is exactly what Moses was about to do. How could he lead the people and lead the Israelites without being in line with God's blessing? When I... So often, more so than I'd care to admit, storm into a room and say to my children, would you stop shouting? And then they look at me and I think, oh, yeah. (laughs) That look of, what? Don't understand. You're being so confusing. I'm like, yeah, my hypocrisy is just shone a mirror right in my face. Moses hadn't even bothered to sort out his own hypocrisy. And as leaders, it's so important we're living with integrity, we're living with honesty. And unfortunately, I hate to break it to you, every single person in this room is a leader. Every single person. If you are a Christian, you are walking with the authority that God has given us, and we are called to a mission, a lifelong mission, to, to, to do God's will and to bring God's love here on earth. We need to be walking with integrity. We need to be walking with honesty. We need to get rid of our hypocrisy. And sometimes we lead directly and sometimes we lead indirectly. It doesn't matter. What matters is that we make sure all areas of our lives that we are always checking our own eye they were always getting rid of all the logs in our own eye before we then go and challenge other people. And that is a day by day, hour by hour thing that we need to be done. But it's, it's important, guys. It's so important. I'm just going to spend a few minutes looking at Zipporah. I wonder how many of us actually knew that Moses' wife was called Zipporah. And I mean, I'm sure some of you did. I didn't. I didn't know that Moses' wife was called Zipporah. Don't, we don't have a series called Mountaining with Zipporah. She's barely mentioned in the Bible. And the truth is, we probably don't mention her very much because where she's mentioned talks about foreskins. And we're not that comfortable talking about foreskins in church. So uh, you're not going to forget Zipporah in a while now. Um, but Zipporah was 
Moses' wife. And she, when you read around her, she is described as a loyal and passionate wife. She, the name Zipporah means bird. And Zipporah was a Midianite. So Midianite is, from, is a different tribe. So she's not from the tribe of Israel. She's from a different tribe. Um, and so possibly, maybe, the reason why Moses' children weren't circumcised, maybe it was a practice that Zipporah wasn't willing to be a part of, or it wasn't a practice in her tribe, so she didn't want her... I don't, we don't know why, but possibly that was the reason. But when it came to the moment, Zipporah felt the conviction, and Zipporah knew what needed to be done in the moment in order to come align with God's blessings and God's benefits for her children and for their generations. Zipporah's name means bird. I love that she was a Midianite, and God, and she was an integral part of Moses bringing the Israelites to freedom. And I just felt like it was really important to say today, if you don't feel very significant, if you don't feel that your name gets mentioned much, if you don't feel that you're fully in, God knows. And what Zipporah did that day then caused everything else for the Israelites then to come to fruition. Zipporah didn't know in that moment that the Israelites were definitely going to be freed from Egypt. Zipporah didn't know that Moses was going to lead the tribe um, through the parted through the parted river and they were going to pass. She didn't know that Moses was going to get the Ten Commandments. She didn't know that still 2,000 years later we would still be talking about Moses. She just knew in that moment what she needed to do and she did it. I was also thinking about Moses and how Moses was, um, Moses reminds me a little bit of like a missionary kid. Do people know, like, um, the reason why I say that is because he was born an Israelite. He then grew up in Egypt. He then was, he then left Egypt because he was kind of chased away. And then he married a Midianite. He was just a bit all over the place. I'm not sure Moses knew his identity very strongly. I'm not sure he knew exactly what he was about. He was a little bit, had, had a bit of this culture and a bit of that inheritance and a bit of that heritage and a bit, a little bit all over. And, um, and God used him. God used him in such an incredible way. So I just want to say, if you're feeling, I don't know, to say you've got nothing to bring. If you're feeling a bit insignificant, if you're feeling a bit like, I don't even know who I am. doesn't matter. Because God uses you. God knows. God uses you. And Moses, I like to think, I don't know, I've never been in this situation, but I'd like to think if there was like a miraculous burning bush in front of me and God's voice was speaking out of it, I would do what it said. I would like to think if God gave me signs in front of my eyes, like a staff turning to a snake and then back to a a staff, I I would do it. But I love that even with all of that, Moses was such an insecure, anxious person. He still felt like he couldn't do it and he still couldn't do it exactly the way that God had asked him to. He still had his brother speak for him because he felt his speech wasn't good enough. He could have done it. God would have given him what he needed. But God was also gracious enough to, to, to allow for Moses' weaknesses. Church, whatever you're feeling today... Whatever, And we know that Moses 
didn't even get to the promised land because of the decisions he continued to make again and again. God still allowed him to lead a mighty nation. God still listened and watched what Sapporo did and said, okay, go on. Sapporo's action changed God's mind. So it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what your ability is. All that matters is that you're willing to get in line with God's blessing and God's benefit. What is acceptable in a certain time of your life might not be acceptable in another. What you carry might, might be okay, might be okay for a time, but might not be okay moving forward. Zipporah knew what needed to be cut away in order to be in line with God's benefit. What do you carry that might need to be cut away? I have a friend who, um, this was quite a few years ago now, travelled from the UK to New Zealand and, um, and uh, she had a kiwi in her bag um, and that kiwi was perfectly acceptable in the UK. That kiwi was perfectly acceptable on the aeroplane but the second she landed in New Zealand that kiwi was contraband and that kiwi meant that she was heavily fined. Um, what she had in the bottom of her bag that she completely had forgotten about was not okay. Sometimes we carry stuff in the bottom of our bags and we've carried it for so long, we don't know that it, we don't even remember that it's there. What are you carrying with you? Are you carrying guilt? Is that anger? Shame? Dependency? Addiction? Lies? What are you carrying around with you that needs to be cut away? What's acceptable in some parts of our life is not acceptable in another. Often when we become a Christian, we kind of believe that everything's all been dealt with. But that's not true. We have to come with all of our baggage, day by day, to Jesus and ask him to help us, ask him to sift through and sort. And the older I get, the more I realise how complicated and how messed up I am and how it's going to take a lifelong for God to just keep on working, keep just chipping away at little bits that I've let just become calcified on me. We have to come day by day to Jesus. And in different seasons, sometimes God will just let things just sit for a little bit because maybe it's a bit too much at that point in our lives to deal with. But when God says to us, when God convicts us of it, we need to bring it to him, bring it to the cross and let him deal with that part of our lives. Because when we cross a border, when we step into a new season, when we step into a new thing a new area it could be a new role whether that's in work or in your family or whatever or it could just be as you're getting older and more mature in your faith and and the path that you're walking God will just say hang on a minute that bit there that's not acceptable anymore I want you to lay that down I want you to bring that before me and I want to deal with that so church I just want you to just think 
about Moses and Zipporah. Think about as, you're, as we're stepping into a new season, as we're walking day by day, as we're maturing, what things do we need to um, make sure are in line with God? What things do we need to cut off? What things do we need to bring before God and ask God to just deal with it? What I'm going to do is I'm going to get the, um, the band to come back up and I'm just going to read a psalm over us. And my challenge is, every day this week, let's commit to reading this psalm. Because I think when we, medit- when we meditate on, this, on the same verse and on the same chapter, God brings different stuff to our minds. So I'm going to read this over us, but I want to encourage you this week to try and read it every day. And just see what God brings up. And I just encourage you, if something is right at the bottom of your bag and we don't know about it, just ask, as I read this out, just let these words wash into your head and just ask God in your heart. And whatever comes into your mind, that might be what God is asking you to, um, to bring to him today. Okay, so we're going to, it's Psalm 139 and I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. Lord, you know everything. If you're sorry, if you want to just close your eyes or get into a position where you're comfortable, or if you want to stand or kneel or do whatever, that is fine. Just get comfortable. And I just want you to just try and just still everything. If closing your eyes helps you concentrate more, close your eyes. I'll, I'll trust you not asleep. Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You've examined my innermost being with your loving gaze. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul and understand every thought before it enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey even begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a father's blessing to me. This is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I reach down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with the wings in the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask the darkness to hide me for your presence is everywhere bringing light to my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being shaping my delicate insides and my intricate outside and wove them together in my mother's room. I thank you God for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvellously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. 
You saw who you'd created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even see the light of day, the numbers of the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. For every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desire towards me is more than the grains of sand of every shore. When I wake up each morning, you are thinking of me. Oh God, come and slay these bloodthirsty, murderous men, I cry out. Depart from me, you wicked ones. See how they blaspheme your sacred name and lift themselves up against you, but all in vain. Lord, can't you see how I despise those who despise you? For I grieve when I see them rise against you. I have nothing but complete hatred and disgust for them. Your enemies shall be my enemies. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any paths of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways the path that brings me back to you I'm going to read the last two verses again God I invite your searching gaze into my heart examine me through and through find out everything that may be hidden within me put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares See if there's any paths of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you.